Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We are in the book of Romans, chapter 9, starting verse 9. Let go and let God. Stop striving and working in your flesh. Instead, believe in God's work for you in the Holy Spirit. Right? It's not the flesh. It's the power of God. It's not you. It's Jesus' work for you. Trust God's sovereign will and plan for your life and abandon your plan. His is much better. I was trying to think of an illustration of this whole concept to like give it away, to give it to God, and I thought of the famous roller coaster, right? Have you been on the roller coasters, the amusement parks? And uh, I used to be a youth pastor, and the teenagers would talk me into going on these roller coasters. I actually hate them. And then, you know, you get the bars in, and you're locked in, and you're going up the hill, and I'm like, God, why am I on here? I hate this, you know. And like, it'll be fun, Pastor John. You know, it's like, I really want to get off, but the thing won't unlock. And, you know, the roller coaster, once you're on, you cannot get off. This is life. Welcome to life with its ups and downs, the goods, the bads, the trials, the blessings. You're going to go upside down and all around, and you can't say, stop the world, I want to get off. I'm sorry, you're stuck on it just like us, right? And life is a roller coaster, and I found in roller coasters, you can hang on for dear life, you can put your fingernails into the arm, I mean, you can just hang on and, you know, be afraid and scream and be terrified. Or you can just let go, put your hands in the air, and just trust God and go with it. <laughs> Have you found that? And that's how you let go and you let God. And you can enjoy the ride of life with Jesus. You are God's sovereign choice. Now, we are going to be hitting on a lot of theological concepts predestination, chosen, preordained, foreknowledge, and some people get really upset. I don't like that God has predestined. I don't like that God has chosen ahead of time. I don't like that God is sovereign and he's controlling everything. But when you realize he's chosen you, it's really awesome. If you realize he's rejected you, yes, I would be upset also with predestination. His sovereign choice, and of course your free will, but God does trump our will at times, as we will see. Romans chapter 9, verse 9. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. God had predestined, he had chosen, and he chose Sarah's son, the child of promise. Do you remember Abraham and Sarah? They were old, they couldn't have kids, but God has a different choice. No, I will give Sarah a son, I will give him Isaac. Now, Abraham already had a son, right? 
through the bondwoman, the child of the flesh, Ishmael. But God rejected Ishmael, and God chose Isaac. They're both half-brothers. They both have the same father, Abraham. And uh, Paul's going to explain how God rejects one, and he accepts the other. The child of the flesh is rejected, and the child of the promise is accepted as God came with the angels and promised to Abraham and Sarah. And remember, Sarah laughed. Oh, that's crazy. I can't have a child. I'm old. I'm like 90. Abraham's 100, you know. So when the baby came, they called him laughter, right? Because they had joy over God's promises. So we have these half-brothers with uh, Ishmael gives way to the Arab nations, which have warred against the Jews, right? And this battle will never stop, still in the Middle East today, right? Well, why do the Arabs hate the Jews? Because they're brothers. One brother was accepted by God, and one brother was rejected. This is why the Middle East fights so. Verse 10, and not only this, but there was Rebekah also, when she had conceived twins by one man, our father Isaac. So we have the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Abraham gives birth to Isaac. Isaac gives birth to Jacob. Jacob's name is changed to Israel. So we have all three connections. Now, Rebekah, when she gave birth, she had twins, right? And they were fighting to see who would come out first. God accepts one twin, and God rejects the other. This is crazy. They're from the same uh, father and mother. They're in the same womb. How can God reject one family member and accept the other? It's his sovereign will. It's his choices. He decides. He chooses. Verse 11. For though the twins were not yet born and had not done anything good or bad so that God's purpose according to his choice would stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls. Here's his point. It's not you that decides. It's God who decides. But I don't like that. And I don't like that God decided first. And I don't like that God decided before I was even born, like these twins, right? Before they're even born, while they're little uh, baby fetuses in the womb, God says, I reject one and I accept the other. I love one and I hate the other. And you think, that's crazy, God. You cannot do that. It must have been because of the twins and something special they had done. No, they're not even born yet. They haven't done good or bad. It wasn't them that decided. It was God that decided. And it was a promise, divine pregnancy. And it wasn't the works of men. It was the calling of God, right? And back to Sarah, the first pregnancy it's like, Sarah, this is a God thing. You're pregnant. It's crazy. Just go with it. Let the baby grow within you. We're having a baby. Let's celebrate. 
and let's call him laughter. Let God's fetus grow within you. Sometimes God's work is beyond you. And it wasn't your choosing, it was his choosing, like getting pregnant. I didn't know we'd get pregnant. It's a gift from God. And you just, you let it grow. And that baby's coming and nothing's going to stop it, right? Get it out of me. Give me more medicine. <sighs> the choices of God and his works and his promises. It's the call of God versus the works of men. And God's calling overrides your human efforts and your human works. God's purposes will stand. But people get so mad. I'm so mad at God. Why did he override my will? Why didn't he f follow my plan? Why didn't he get my permission? Uh, I'm sorry. He can do what he wants. He's the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> the sovereign, the creator of the ends of the earth. And we get so mad at God, we try to fight and thwart and defeat his will. But you will not win. God will triumph in the end. Verse 12. It was said to her, the older will serve the younger. God is flipping birth order. Now, in Jewish culture, the firstborn male rules. He gets the inheritance and the name and the glory and the power. He runs the show when dad's gone. But God's like, no, I'm going to switch it. I choose Jacob, and I reject Esau. The younger will rule. The older will serve the younger. Verse 13, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. God is saying, I have accepted one, and I have rejected the other between these two twin brothers. How can that be? Why, why would I get saved and my sibling just hates God and they're never coming to the Lord? Hey, God has chosen one, and God has rejected another. And we get so mad. That's not fair. No. But if you've been accepted, that's a wonderful thing. But if you've been rejected, that is horrible. It's the movies. It's the books. It's the stories. It's the romance, right? One lover gets accepted. One is pushed away. There's the heartbreak, right? This is life. Choosing a mate. Choosing a child. Choosing a destiny. God gets to choose too. And a lot of times we don't like his choices. Chosen and rejected. Even between the twins. Many are called, but few are chosen. Among the millions of unbelieving Jews, only a small remnant will be saved. Malachi 1-2, it says, Yet I have loved Jacob. Malachi, the last book, of, you know, getting near the end of the Bible. God says, I choose Jacob, the Jews, Esau, the Arabs, no. 
Jacob I have loved. 14. What shall we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. No, that's not fair. Why didn't God choose me? Well, do you want him? No, I hate Jesus. But why didn't God choose me? <laughs> you know, it's like when, when you get married, you have to choose one and reject another. I'm sorry, you can't marry everybody, right? There's a choice. And God has made his sovereign, predestined, foreknown choice. And we get so mad sometimes at his choices. But I'm so glad he chose me. 15. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Moses said, God, reveal yourself to me. I want to see you. And God's, okay, you got to hide in this rock. I'll cover you. I'll protect you. My glory will pass. You'll see my aftermath. But you can't see me face to face. You'll die. And when I do my parade and my procession past you, I will declare in words my glory and who I am. And you'll see my aftermath, the trail of my shining uh, tail, if you will, my robes. And God declares, I choose. I choose who to give mercy to. I choose who to give compassion to, right? Maybe you have money and you're going to help some poor beggar, and there's 10 of them. And you choose who you give your money and your food to. But maybe there's another beggar you didn't help him. He could be mad at you. Yeah, but it's your money, right? God chooses who he loves, who he helps, who he saves, just like you choose. I'll help this beggar, and I cannot, and I will not help this other. And you chose. God chooses. Maybe there's a stray dog. I'll save this dog, but this other dog I cannot help. I will not help. You choose. You're allowed to choose, but God's not allowed to choose? I don't think so. And you cannot stop his choice. And you cannot figure out his choice. Well, why did you choose one and rejected the other? Why did you choose Jacob and you rejected his brother? Cain and Abel, why did you choose one sacrifice and you rejected the other? I can't always figure out the mind of God. But you need to find out if he chose you by choosing him and see what he says. Verse 16. So then it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. Well, I'll just run and strive and work hard and I'll build a stairway to heaven. And I'll just knock on doors and pass out magazines. I'll shave my head and I'll do all the holy things. And I'll run and I'll work and I'll strive and God will choose me. I'm so sorry God has rejected you. It doesn't depend on you. But I'm so good and I work so hard and I did all these good works. But it doesn't depend on you who God chooses. It depends on who 
He chooses. It's, it depends on him. Do you see it? You're working. You're striving. You're the little hamster in the wheel, and you're spinning your wheels to no avail. It doesn't depend on you. It depends on God. So many people don't like this verse. They fight it. And I feel, why fight it? Why not just accept it, right? If God's bigger and better and sovereign and he's all-powerful, how can I fight the Almighty? And God says that my striving and my works and my sweat and my effort don't matter. What matters is what he's done for me. But do you see the other side to it? I'm set free. I don't have to earn and work and strive because if he's chosen me, I'm saved and I'm in. I can't blow it. See, if you earned it, what if you come up short? But if it's given to you as a gift of mercy and amazing grace, it's even better. And this sets me free as a pastor. You know pastors, they work their tail off, they strive, they work. I'm going to knock on more doors, I'll make more phone calls, I'll witness more, I'll, I'll, I'll study more, I'll be a better pastor, I'll work, I'll, I'll work, I'll work. And it seems to me, the harder I work, the smaller the church gets. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to trust you, you do the work. Right? And it's not striving and earning and working, it's trusting it's believing, it's resting in the power of God. It's like the Holy Spirit carries you because I can't make it, right? And so this is very freeing. This is very liberating and very powerful because I don't have to spin my wheels anymore and I'm going to mess up anyway because I'm a mess. <laughs> so God does the work for me. It doesn't depend on me, it depends on him, and we call this predestination. Many people, I hate that doctrine, predestination. Yes, but if you're chosen and you're saved, I love it because I can't blow it. I'm in, I've been chosen, God's done it all for me, and it all depends on him. So it's the Holy Spirit versus the flesh, right? And I give it away in prayer. It all depends on Jesus. Verse 17, For the Scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I raised you up, to demonstrate my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. So now we have the exodus, right? God chose his villain and he chose his hero. Do you know that? God's like, I promoted you, I made you Pharaoh so that I could crush you, so that I could defeat you, so that I could show my glory and I raised up my hero. Moses, Moses, come on, you could do it, Moses. No, I can't do it. I'll, gi I'll give you your brother, we'll help you. I stutter, I'm scared, you know. He'll, I'll be with you, right? I'll give you the tools. And say the mantra, let my people go. He chooses a villain. He chooses a hero. And you're going to say, but that's not fair. That's so mean to Pharaoh. 
I can't run the show. God runs the show. He does what he wants. He has his plans. He has his history. It's his story, right? I don't write history. God does. And he raises up Pharaoh so that he can knock him down. And he even hardens his heart so that God will get the glory and that all the world will know. Verse 18, so then, he has mercy on whom he desires and he hardens whom he desires. He keeps hardening Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh says, no, I will not let the children of Israel go. Who is this God? I do not know him. Well, you will shortly. He'll bring you to your very knees. I was a high school chess champion. It reminds me of chess, right? And you have your little pieces on the board and you set them up. And you choose which ones to move. You choose which ones to protect. You always protect the king, right? Because you'll lose without the king. But you choose some pieces like, oh, you're just a little pawn. I'm going to sacrifice you. Oh, I'll give up the night. I don't care. And you sovereignly choose which pieces you value, which pieces you get rid of, and which pieces you keep in order to win the game. And you might say, well, that's horrible. That's cr- Why would you sacrifice the little pawn? So like, like I can win, <laughs> you know? So God has his plan, and you're the pieces on his board. The question is, are you on his side or not on his side? Has he chosen you or has he rejected you? You need to find this out. Pharaoh the villain rejected for God's glory. It all matters what Jesus has chosen. There's an old hymn. It says, I'm so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. You see, when I find out that he chose me, he predestined me, that I'm safe in his hands, now it's a wonderful thing. Right? It's like one lover has been rejected for the other. Thank you, Jesus, for marrying me. Accept the Creator's rule over you. Verse 19. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? Or who resists his will? It's not fair. God's not fair. How can he blame me if he rejected me? It's not fair if I'm not his chosen. How can God push me out and reject me. I'm sorry, this is life, right? You went for the interview and the boss rejected you. I'm sorry, we're not hiring you. Right? I'm sorry, I'm marrying this one. I'm sorry, we're, we've chosen this one for our team. Welcome to life. And you can get so mad, but why didn't you marry me? Why didn't you hire me? Why didn't you choose me? People's will. And hey, God has a will. But his will is sovereign, and it rules and it reigns over you, whether you like it or not. Verse 20, on the contrary, who are you, O man, who answers 
back to God. Ever talk back to your parents? Now, I have a free will as a little kid, and I don't want my parents to tell me what to do. I'm going to do whatever I want, right? No, my parents are like, we're going to whoop your little butt and spin your little head and lock you in your bedroom and grab that little toy and pry it from your little fingers, even though you throw yourself on the ground and you say, buy it for me. How dare you override my will, mom and dad? Hey, welcome to life. Get over it. Have your tantrum in the toy store, right? They still ain't going to buy it for you. <laughs> welcome to your heavenly father. But I'll demand and I'll command and I'll have a fit and God has to do what I say. What? <laughs> not in my Bible. He does what he pleases. You do not control him. He controls you. And who are you to talk back to God? Do you ever say to your parents, but why do I have to do that? And they say, because I say so. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.